Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. I guarantee you, we will have more fun and be more offensive than anything you've just seen from the Chicago Bears tonight. Because that was an all-time dreadful offensive performance. Just Offensive or offensive? Both. I'm offended yes. by their offense. Their offense offended me. Uh, and that was about the most offensive they've done so far. This is... I don't know what to say after that performance. Uh, it was every Bears fan's worst nightmare, except it happened seemingly on a weekly basis at this point. Uh, Jake, what do you take away from this game other than the f- from 5-1 five and one to 5-5 five and five to a bye week? Uh, the Bears are beyond cooked at this point. I don't know what else you take away from this game. Then I trust my eyes and the same Bears I've seen all year. They're not any good. It, it pains my heart that the Bucks went up there as banged up as they did on Thursday night and lost by one point to that team with a, a bad game, defensive game plan. Nick Foles is awful. He's always been awful. If he comes off the bench, like I said, he's Mariano Rivera. As a starter, he is a fat, slobby 45-year-old still playing single A. He's god-awful. He sucks. I thought Brian Greasy did a great job on the broadcast talking about their offense, though. And all these tight bunch formations, not spreading the defense out, not a lot of motion. There's no way to tell if they're in man or zone. When you're playing Mike Zimmer, a damn good defensive mind for the last 20 years, he's been doing it forever, he's going to mismatch his coverages. I don't think Nick Foles had a clue or this offense if they were man or zone. And look, we're talking about the least pass rush, the worst pass rush in the NFL. And the Vikings look like the best. You can't do anything when you're calling plays like that. You can't do anything with that offensive line. And this defense is really, really good. They're really good in the red zone. They're really good on third down, but they can only be out there so much before they bend and break. And when Hakeem, Nikim, or Hakeem Hicks uh, came off the, the, the field, that defense was completely different. It, it, they're just not a good man. Like we, we said they were going to be an eight and eight team because defense was, was going to be that good. I don't know that they are at this point, man. No, it, 149 it like yards it. of total offense. Yeah. 149 yards, six offensive points. Uh, I mean, they had what four consecutive three and outs to open up the second half out, out after the kick returned by Cordero Patterson. I mean, it, and all of these numbers feel better than what we actually watched with our eyes. Like there at no point yes. did you have any fear that the bears were going to score in this game. Like it was, it was. And somehow you know, Allen Robinson still has 10 fantasy points. Yeah. Yeah. Six for 43 uh, on nine targets uh, for him. I mean, they, they don't even attempt, they, they attempt to run the ball a little bit with Cordero Patterson, but got nothing there. Um, you know, Cousins played pretty well for the most part relative to where he's played against the Bears before. Uh, has the interception that was really on Thielen to make that catch there, but 292 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook labors his way to 96 yards, took 30 carries to get there. Uh, but Dude, he, he runs so them. tough, though. I mean, but for a finally- little guy to take 30 carries. I mean, let's yeah. talk about that for a second, though. Like he's been on pace the last couple of weeks for just an insane. I actually lost a matchup to a team. I had a 10 point lead. I had Dalvin cook. They had Justin Jefferson in Minnesota's defense. 
there's no way I would tell you I'd lose by 15 points. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Minnesota's defense probably got 12, and Justin Jefferson went off. We all thought he'd have a decent night or had the chance to. But let's talk about the Dalvin Cook, 30 carries for that size of a guy against that defense running that hard. They had a 35-yarder pulled back on that, that holding call. I mean, he's just a stud, man. When he's healthy, he is as elite and dynamic as we have in this league. Absolutely. Like again, to your point, but I think he had two two big runs called back on holds. That this stat line does not do him justice. Justin Jefferson has another big game as well, uh, eight for one thirty five for him. Thielen gets in the end zone twice, so it was a, it was a better fantasy day for the Vikings than we were anticipating. And really, there's like nothing to analyze on the Bears. Like it's just. No, it's really bad, uh, and, and it's taking them. I mean, they're not in. They're not in contention anymore, which is going to make the NFC less interesting uh, at, at the bottom of their little playoff run there. Because I mean, you look at. I guess maybe the Vikings have to be in, at least in the conversation now. But you know, we talked on the show yesterday about Seattle possibly falling out. Somebody's got to catch them, and now it ain't going to be Chicago. Don't think it's going to be Minnesota, Detroit, San Fran. I mean, like I. I this point, it kind of feels like we might have the order's going to change, but we might have the NFC playoff team set at this point, which is a little disappointing. But the Bears have nobody to blame but themselves. Four losses. We can't jump off just... this, Jamie, without giving kudos to Kirk Cousins, who was 0 and 9 on Monday Night Football, yep. 0 and 4 against this Bears staff as since he's been a Viking. He played his ass off tonight. He did. He, he really played a solid game. He carved them up early. And this, we're talking about how good this defense is. They're great in the red zone. Great on third down. He carved him up on both. He played really, really good tonight. He got off the schneid. I mean, that was that's a big deal, man. Oh, and nine on Monday night football in your career. And then you go out and, and, and put a performance like that together. I thought I was really impressed. I thought he played really, really, really good. Yeah. And for those of you that, that put in a wager, I bet online, this was the first time he's covered the spread on Monday night football in his career. Uh, I mean, that that is that is a mind blowing stat. So uh, it was ugly. It wasn't great, but a win's a win, and they got away with it. So there's really not much else to take away. Uh, if you're an Adam Thielen or a Justin Jefferson owner, you're just very happy that they got back into the positive column because it's been a little touch and go here the last couple of weeks, particularly with Adam Thielen. They got a nice, juicy matchup against that Cowboys secondary next week. So you're going to be very yeah, happy do. with probably another good performance from those studs, and obviously Dalvin Cook's amazing. Uh, let's get into risers and fallers for this week. Uh, going into our rankings, going into week 11 now. I can't believe we're already multiple double-digit weeks here. The, the season's coming to an end quicker than you'd think, and the fantasy playoffs are only a few weeks away now. Jake, let's start with risers. Who was who on your radar as their stock going up heading into week 11? Marvin Jones Jr., man. He has played really well, and normally he's not the great – he's not Batman. He's Robin when they have Galladay out there, but he has been really, really good. Now – they're playing a Panther secondary that's given up a ton, but it's all dependent on Stafford's thumb. X-rays are negative. Looks like he's going to be okay. If I know Stafford, he's going to go out and play. But Galladay might come back, but Martin Jones Jr. has been really good without him. I like him. And then Naheem Hines looks like the most explosive, best back in the Indy backfield. Definitely on the catch as a juicy matchup against Green Bay. Uh, I like him. I think and he's still available in, in a lot of places. It's crazy. Yeah, I have Naeem Hines ranked as an RB2 this week. So I'd be excited to play him against Green Bay if you have the opportunity. A couple of my risers, one of them we saw tonight was Adam Thielen with that bounce back game because there were a lot of questions. I got a surprisingly large number of questions about whether or not Adam Thielen was a play this week. And I get it. He had a couple back-to-back bad games. It wasn't a great matchup against that Bears secondary. He's, as highlighted on the show uh, on Monday Night Football, he has struggled against the Bears in his career. But that was a big game for him to bounce back. 
has a juicy matchup next week. So he's going to be right back into that wide receiver one territory. And the other one was rookie DeAndre Swift uh, with a career high 159 combined yards. I hope the Lions continue to pound him. I hope that this, this, this shift in workload and snap count that we've seen over the last couple of weeks continues going forward. He looks explosive. He looks like the player he was in college. They need to feed him. He needs to be the focal point of that running game right now. I love what they got from Adrian Peterson early. Carryon Johnson's not going to be a thing. They need to get they need to get DeAndre Swift up and rolling at full capacity like this, and he's going to have more big performances going forward like that. I, um, I love both of those. A couple other names to kind of keep an eye on. One of them I like a lot this week as well is Damian Harris, who's running the ball really effectively right now. Has a matchup against the Houston Texans, who you can run all over. I mean, they came into the week as the worst rushing defense in the NFL, and then let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run all over them for both of them yep. for a hundred plus yards. Uh, he hasn't and when the Patriots the have needed to, man, they've run it down people's throats. I they said have, it, they were going to do it to Baltimore. They did it to Kansas City without Cam Newton like they did to the Raiders. They've run it down people's throats when they needed to. And he's he's been a little bit under the radar because he hasn't scored much. So he has these 100-yard games, but you're looking like, oh, okay, he's got 10 points or 10.7 points or whatever it is. And he's not getting the attention. Like If he got in the end zone these last couple of weeks, he would have been like the most added player in fantasy. Everybody would be ranking him pretty high. I have him as a top 20 running back this week in that just amazing matchup that I think the Patriots are going to run all over Houston. So he's a big riser for me as well. So I'm going to kind of keep an eye on because the running back market has been a disaster for the most part. He's got a great matchup you could take advantage of, as does Naeem Hines that Jake talked about earlier. A couple of players on the rise for us. How about players going the other way, Jake? Who's falling down your rankings? Daryl Henderson, uh, still splitting a ton of time there, catches it pretty well out of the backfield, but they run it as much as anybody in the league. I think they still might be running it the most of anybody in the league. Bad matchup. The, the Bucks bounce back big this week. I don't, I don't see him having a lot of success. They're going to put this on golf, and they're going to blitz the hell out of him. We'll see how that goes. The other one's James Robinson, uh, who has been an absolute star, and you have to play him, but I just don't like the matchup that much against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And I think they're going to be up pretty quickly. And I, I mean, he's going to stay in the game. He's third, three down back. He's going to, he's going to get his, but he's, you don't have to drop him a little bit just because of the matchup. Yeah. Kyle, I agree completely. Uh, I, I still have him like in that like borderline wide or running back one running back two range. Cause you know, he's going to get the work, but the matchups just is horrible for him. So I'm very curious, especially with what they just did out. to geo. I mean, they just, yeah, that, that they defense just was, that they, they, like you said the other day, that was just one of their most complete games of the year. I think you're looking exactly – it looks like Minshew is not going to be back. So you got Luton again. I mean, it's just not a good matchup. Yeah, and he hasn't caught as many passage, passes with Lutton. Like, I think that's the big key. Like, he was catching 3-4 a game with Gardner Minshew. Uh, again, different scenarios, but when we went way back and we did some preseason analysis on Saquon Barkley, we had the conversation about the difference between how many looks he was getting with Eli Manning versus how many looks he got when they switched to Daniel Jones. You're exactly right. Couple, I mean, Leonard Fournette games, led, but, led, the, yeah, led the team in catches with 73 last year with Minshew yeah. checking it down all the time. And, and Robinson was doing that. And is it Lutton or Luton? Do we know how to pronounce it? I think it's Lutton. I think it's Lutton. I heard it's Lutton. So we, 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 we're learning all these names with Fulgham and Lutton. And, uh, and, Check it and down Tanyan. to James Robinson, Lutton. He's your friend. Yeah. That is a, the, that is a smart play. He loves to throw it down the field. Like you gotta, he's got that gunslinger mentality. But dude, and check that's it the down. biggest difference. That's the biggest difference between him and Minshew. Like Lutton's going to want to take those high-risk, high-reward type plays where Minshew's more content making just the, the safer plays down the field and not necessarily game-managing because he's more exciting than that, but not taking those high-risk plays where well, Lutton will risk the turnovers to get the big reward. And it's kind of paid off on both sides, both positively and negatively for him going on. Uh, my two fallers is one is, is Melvin Gordon slash Philip Lindsay. 
this Denver running game has been extremely ineffective the last couple of weeks. They're not even trying to run very much. Now it looks like Drew Locke might be out this week with a ribs injury. Uh, I don't know what to do with those guys because they're, they're, those are two tremendously talented players with a head coach and offensive coordinator that want to run the ball. And it's just not happening right now. And it's it just, it's tough when you got, you took those guys and you've been waiting on Melvin Gordon for certain periods of time, or like me, I spent a ton of fab budget on Philip Lindsay and moving him in a trade, but I only moved him in a trade because I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with this backfield. Like I don't know what to do with those two really talented players in a system that you would think was built perfectly for them to succeed. They're not succeeding right now. Same thing. We were just talking about with Robinson though. They don't use them in the passing game. Both of those guys are elite catchers mm-hmm. of the football. You can both leave them in for three downs, whether it's their series, do what the bucks do leave one back in for an entire series. Let them get that flow of that series. They make, they interchange them too much. They don't use them enough in the passing game, in my opinion. And it hurts them to not get Philip Lindsay in space is doing a disservice to your football team and Melvin Gordon, the same way. You're exactly right on that one. I, I it's that back foot and that defense hasn't been as good. They've been playing from behind and throwing it way too much. Yeah, that, that team has a lot of, they have a lot of talented pieces when all healthy, but they're not clicking. And I know they're not, they're, no, they're banged out particularly on defense and on the offensive line, but it, it's, I can't get a read on that team. That team has more talent than their records indicated the last two seasons. And uh, there's something, there's a disconnect there. And it's not just the injuries. I'm sure you miss Ron Miller, AJ Boyer's missed time. I mean, that all plays a factor in it, but something's got to change there uh, next season. Cause this, this is a team that has enough talent to make some noise. If everything starts to click for them. On the wide receiver side, to me, my big father is Marquise Brown. Uh, I, it's, you pretty much put any Raven on this list at this point, but uh, I, I, he's just not – we kept waiting for him to be more than just the two, three targets a game deep threat guy, which he was last year. He had spike games. And for a brief period of time in the early part of the season, they were starting to throw to him more, throwing him five, six, seven times. And he's coming up with five or six catches – in these last few weeks, it's just he's almost non-existent. Uh, I, is there any Raven right now you feel confident playing? Like you probably have to play Andrews, who uh, I believe the top tight end this last week scored thirteen point one points, and that was Andrews and one of the Rob tight Gronkowski. End. Yep, Rob Gronkowski. Was that is how that bad the tight end fantasy yeah. market is right now. Thirteen point yeah. one points leads the position. Look, that that whole that whole team has issues, but that offense is not running the ball. Gus Edwards by far looks like the most explosive best back when he's in there, but they change him out so freaking yeah. much. You, nobody can get any continuity. Lamar's not playing that well. He needs to go back to just running it and making freaking plays and flying all over the place. Like you thought was going to happen at the end of that game. Uh, I, I don't like that offense at all. And Hollywood Brown is in danger of like, he's going to end up being, he needs to be like on the BA Cardinals teams that JJ Nelson. J, yeah. He would have been phenomenal in that role when you have Larry Fitzgerald still getting it done and some other guys where he can just take the top off and they're going to take those shots. But he doesn't look like he's developed into anything else other than that guy. No, they they need a possession guy on that team. Like they need they need somebody that is trustworthy that Lamar can go to. Des Bryant. The Des Des Bryant. I couldn't help it. The Des Bryant stuff. Lord help me. Like I I, no, I know you're joking, but there are a lot of people that ask me questions that were not joking. Des Bryant is in the Josh Gordon category of just never ask me about them ever again. Like we're not doing this. Um, But no, but they need they need that other piece. But it's more than just that. Like they they need another tight end now. Uh, Might might need two tight ends at this point. That's a big loss. That's a uh, with with Boyle's Boyle already hurt and them already running limited tight end sets. Like this. This is going bad for Baltimore pretty quickly. Uh, their offensive line is already a jumbled mess because of injuries. Uh, it's 
that, that like you said on the show, that hot take from the preseason might manifest itself because there's this huge glut of six and three teams right now. And the Ravens are more banged up than any of them. So if we take out the, the lens way, of what we saw last year. Yeah. Take up? it away. Cause it's gone. Six point favorites against the Titans on better line already this week. I know the Titans offense has been math the last few weeks, but I, that's too Dude, much. Six point favorites. That's too much. That's that's like, when we talk about early lines that jump off the page at you. You're like, uh, well, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's brutal. Uh, I, I, uh, I can't, I can't justify that. It, it's just, this team is, is troublesome right now uh, across the board, but uh, we'll get into some players that you can add. So maybe you had a Marquise Brown, who, by the way, made Zach Cohen on the DraftNetworks.com droppable list. Or you had Devin Singletary, who's at this point droppable with his work going into a bye week. Or if you're still holding on to any bears that, that aren't Allen Robinson, uh, you, we're going to give you some guys you can pick up. But first, this segment is sponsored by, and as you know this from our last show, we have a brand new sponsor, and that is Manscaped. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday, particularly for our intern, Henry. I know he loves loves the perfect package gift here from Manscaped right now. Uh, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, their lawnmower 3.0, which Jake talked about. It has been a big upgrade over their 2.0 version with proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So you will not cut your nuts. So important. I already talked to you about my shaving mishaps earlier this week. If those happen below the belt, that is, that is I would not be piece. on the show. I would not. I, I would be speaking in a different octave right now. I would not be showing my face. <laughs> But you won't have the problem with a lawnmower 3.0. You got to love that this holiday package that they're offering uh, includes the crop reviver and the crop preserver to keep your balls from sweating and smelling and sticking, which again, as we established, Linda C from Scottsdale has told Hank that this is the best part of this package right now because his balls stink, but they won't anymore when he gets this gift package from Manscaped. And yours won't either. You could save 20% by you and get free shipping by using the promo code TDN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code TDN. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud. And for Hank, make Linda proud this year for the holiday season with Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 and their holiday gift package. Get now, that package for your package. As Jake said, get that package for your package. And as you have trimmed players off of your roster, you need to add some players, Jake. I want to run a few players by you. I want you to let me know what you think. All of these players are owned in fewer than 50% of fantasy leagues right now on ESPN. So there's a really good chance for you listening that they are available for you to pick up. Uh, let's start with Naeem Hines himself. We talked about him a little bit before as one of your risers. Is he somebody you want to pick up and plug and play this week? He's an RB2 for me. Absolutely, but when he's had big games, he's came back down to earth the next week. He starts off against Jacksonville with like 21, drops down to like one. I think he had like he had another 20-point game. He dropped down to like four. Now he's coming off 28.3, and he looks like the most explosive back in that backfield. But this is the first time for about three weeks here that he's had some consistent carries, and it wasn't just a couple targets. And Phillip Rivers loves to dump it down. He just He's so damn fast, he can take anything to the house. So, yeah, I like him, man. I mean, at this point in the year – when you need a boomer bust to win a game, he's kind of like Gio has been this year. Gio came back down to earth a little bit this week, but filling in, it's just a great matchup too. I mean, they don't have linebackers that can run with him. They don't have anybody in the secondary that can run with him. I, I like that one. I, th I think he's worth taking a shot. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not going to get you 70 yards and a touchdown on the ground, but if he gets you those four five, six ish catches, he's going to be somebody that's relevant for you in that RB two spot. And right now available in 59% of leagues. 
Uh, so he needs to be picked Crazy. up in general. He needs to be on a roster at some point heading into the playoff run now. Uh, that surprised me. So he's somebody that I would go and add this week as is Damian Harris. We won't, we talk about him, but he was on my list as well, available in 56% of leagues. And I think it's a plug and play starter this week in all formats. And it, especially if you play in standard or half PPR, where some of that issue of him not catching passes is lessened, he's a must start. Let's talk about a few wide receivers though. We've talked about Tim Patrick a lot, so we, I won't go over him, but he's still available in 84% of leagues, but there are three other names I want to talk about. One is Corey Davis, still available in 50% of leagues. I know he had that nothing burger a couple of weeks ago, but he had a pretty darn good game in prime time, relatively speaking, especially considering what the rest of the Titans offense did in that matchup. To me, he looks like the true wide receiver one and the guy with the highest floor. Now, he doesn't have the ceiling that A.J. Brown has on a weekly basis, but he's got the highest floor. Jake, do you like him this week uh, when he goes up against the Baltimore Ravens? I do because they're going to blitz like crazy. I, this is one you go back to. I think Derrick Henry can run the ball in this defense. Ravens go back to the first quarter against the Browns in the first game. They were giving up seven yards of carry, running down their throat. I think they're going to have success, which sets Tannehill up, I think, for a pretty solid week. They're going to blitz them. But with when you got A.J. Brown, you got Corey Davis, you got John U. Smith, all those guys can beat man coverage. Uh, I like it. It's the, normally, you would think, okay, if you, if you don't take away the recency bias and go, no, it's the Ravens defense, I'm not going to play him. I like this matchup. Because Marlon Humphrey is going to be on A.J. Brown most of the time. So I, I like Corey Davis against anybody else in that secondary. Marcus Peters, he's going to jump stuff. He's going to take a chance. We're talking about a big physical dude that was an extremely high draft pick that really has kind of come into his own the last month in this contract year for him. I like that one. Yeah, he only has one game this year with fewer than 11.7 points, and that was the 0-0 the game against Chicago. But that, that, was, that was the only game. I mean, he's been a really, really consistent option all season long. He's got three touchdowns. I don't know why he's still out there uh, in that many leagues. Other one would be Jacoby Myers this week because he's still getting a lot of looks. I know he's got his fantasy stats boosted this last week by with a passing touchdown, but it gets Houston, and I don't think Edelman's going to be back. Where else is the ball going to go when Cam Newton's throwing it? And they, they're still going to throw it some, even though they can run this ball right down Houston's throats, but I imagine they're still going to throw it some. He's available in 77% of leagues. And I think a lot of that's because people dropped him before the Baltimore matchup. Is he somebody you feel comfortable picking up as maybe a second flex or a wide receiver three option this week? I didn't, but I do because he looks like he has chemistry with Cam. And as we all learned the other night on the broadcast, he was a high school quarterback. Yeah. Normally, okay, whatever. Great stuff to talk about. But you could tell the way he sees the game is through a quarterback's eyes. Some of the stuff they pointed out on the broadcast the other night was actually really good. Little nuances of when they're in zone, where to sit down, when to just give the quarterback an easier throw. And I think Cam realizes that. I think he likes that. The chemistry with Cam seems to be there. So if you're looking for five for 50, I think he's probably got that as a floor. And at this point in the season, with this kind of matchup, when Houston can't stop anybody, I, I like that. I, I, I didn't think I would, but I'm coming around on it. Yeah, and if you kind of look at what, what's going on here these last four weeks for him, he's got 10.2 fantasy points, 11.8, 28.9, 10.9. So he's one of those ones that is going to kind of settle in that 11, 12-ish point range, I think, in an average matchup. And some of these were against San Francisco and, and, and Baltimore. Uh, he had, the, obviously, the huge game against the Jets, but I think it's another opportunity for a pretty big game here against Houston yeah. secondary. Not 30 points like he did against the Jets, but kind of being in that middle to upper teens range for points. So he's somebody that I do like this week as well and is available in a ton of leagues. Uh, the last name I want to bring up to you, and this is one of those ones where it's a wait and see because we don't know if he's going to play yet. But right now, Miko Hardman's on the COVID list. 
Sammy Watkins might be back this week. Any chance against the Raiders secondary, if he's active, that you want to pick him up and play him this week? Sammy Watkins? Yes. I would damn sure think about it. Again, you're still talking about like it's it is enough because they've missed that piece as much as that's I think it's because it's Sammy Watkins. He was such a high draft pick. He makes $15 million. They miss a guy that's a possession receiver. You like his floor should be five for 50, right? You're looking at 10 point week. Now he can go for three for 18 on you quickly, but they need that piece. And if McCall Hardman's not out there, I mean, this Raider secondary, you can take advantage of Patrick Mahomes is going to take advantage of that. I expect them to be extremely motivated to get one back on the Raiders. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that I love it, but I would damn sure look at it, depending on if it's a really deep league or not. Some of these bye weeks, some of these injuries, some of these other matchups, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on this. I think I ended up – I'm looking up where I had him in my rankings. That you can, That'll be live on the site by the time you're listening to this. Uh, wide receiver 42. So he's not, not in must-start territory, but in a deeper league. Uh, in very typical Sammy Watkins fashion, his point totals this year, 21.5 in week one, then 2.1, then 13.2, then 5.3, then 10.4 in his last game against the Raiders. Uh, it's, it's a little bit all over the place. It's a little bit risky, but there is some room in that offense for that, that secondary option. So he is somebody that I would at least be intrigued by. I wouldn't rush. I wouldn't spend fab dollars. I wouldn't spend my waiver priority or anything like that, but – if he's still sitting there come Wednesday, come Thursday, Friday, and it looks like he's going to play, I might be a little bit interested if in a deep enough. The league. more I think about this, this is the people that on Sunday morning feel like they have to make a move and they've outthought themselves all week and they, they plug and play it. If you're one of those people, then put him on your list of people that you might want to do that for on Sunday morning. If I'm not making my decision really by Friday night, Saturday afternoon, I'm not trying to overthink it Sunday morning, but the more we talk about Sammy Watkins, it's like I can feel myself like, oh my God, I gotta make a move. I'm I'm yeah, I don't know that he's that I don't know that he's that guy, but I'd put him on that list of those kind of people that love doing that. I'm gonna hit you with one final name just because he's the second most added player on sleep. I know right who now. you're going with because I was gonna ask you what would you say what position? Uh he a uh, quarterback. Okay, yeah. I was gonna hit you, you know with the same I'm going one. with this Go one. Ahead. Yes. Uh what do you think about Jameis Winston this week? Because not only is he going to be the starter, I can't imagine Drew Brees is playing with those with double cracked ribs. No, he's not playing. He, he's um, not playing. He's get, he gets Atlanta secondary. Um, this could be a classic all around Jameis game. Like this could be a 300, 300 yard, three touchdown, three interception, just Jameis fest, which by the way, is perfectly good enough for fantasy. We can talk about the real life implications, but if you remember riding the Jameis Winston train last year in fantasy versus Don't know real that life, ever forget it. two different stories. Real life, pull your hair out. Fantasy, you were pretty happy with it. Very much so. I mean, look, they have the weapons to push it a little bit more down the field. I think he'll actually – he has the potential to look better than Drew Brees and his offense has looked all year, other than the fact I think Atlanta beats him because I think he'll turn it over. He had 10 10 plays of the night where he threw passes. One, he stared down Michael Thomas, threw it right into the safety, and Jimmy Ward dropped it. That had nothing to do with getting his eyes fixed. That was the same exact guy we've seen in the past. But Mm -hmm. fantasy-wise. With those weapons, with Alvin Kamara, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't know. I don't know who I'm playing him over to be the second most added guy in fantasy. But like, you're talking about they're playing the Falcons' defense, which is like playing Seattle's defense. Like, if if he can't go take advantage of that, I don't know. I mean, the last time he saw this defense, he threw a pick six at the end of the season. But <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, he's not unfamiliar. I don't uh, hate it. I think team. he can put up some good numbers. I really do. 
So I ended up looking at the, at the QBs for this weekend. Right now, in my initial rankings, I have him 11th. Uh, and it's it's because of this matchup. So, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm still playing like the Matt Ryan. Do you have him Brady's. higher than you would have had Drew Brees? I have him probably about where I would have had Brees. Like, there's this that's weird kind of, drop. That's kind of what me. I'm thinking. I, I don't because, know that there's a big drop off there, you know? No. There, obviously, there's, there's a difference, and one's going to turn the ball over more. But for fantasy, I'm not sure there's going to be a huge difference. And, like, to me, there's this drop off. There's the obvious guys that, you know, like, with, you have Kyler and Mahomes at the very top this week and Herbert playing the Jets. Like, you've got those three that are just in a tier of their own for this week. You've got, you know, you're still going to rank Wilson high. You know, Roethlisberger's an awesome matchup. He's in my top six this week against Jacksonville. You know, Watson, Rogers, Brady. But then you kind of have this gap, like, after Matt Ryan, where, like, I like Joe Burrow, but it's not a great matchup for him on the road. Like, Cam Newton should take advantage, but you can only put him so high on your list because you're not going to get much passing Touchdown dependent rushing, yeah. I, you know, I have Stafford 14th. I know he had a great game last week, but he's been pretty rough without Galladay in those other games. I want to wait and see on him just a little bit more. You know, Tannehill's... I, if Tannehill was rolling right now, he would have been above him. But I want to see – again, this is another one where, like, you've been struggling a little bit. I want to see him show me something. I know Kirk Cousins has a great matchup, but I can't – there's only so high I can rank Kirk Cousins in fantasy. So, like, to me, it's like that You're if you're making a choice between, like, Stafford or Cam or Cousins or Carr, like, I would take Winston over all those guys this week. And i take yeah, a chance I, against I, that defense. I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I, there's – it's really all – your only risk is is – a blah decent week because of the turnovers. Like I think the the boom potential is there. I think the three hundred and three or four touchdowns is damn sure with those weapons available. And Atlanta can keep up offensively, which is what you want from a fantasy perspective. You want Atlanta to force the issue. You want to force Jameis Winston to throw the ball a lot more. Because again, for for all of the yards and the four point passing touchdowns, you'll deal with the negative one on the interceptions. Like you'll deal with that yep. if he's able to put up three hundred yards and get you multiple scores. You can handle that. You can survive the interceptions. Um, Jake, do you have any other final thoughts before? Because I think my final thoughts are going to be on a couple other waiver wire players, but I want to open the floor to you first. Not necessarily. I, like, I, I'm going to go back to what you said a little while ago. God almighty, it's freaking week 11. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. And it's been the last couple weeks have been really interesting. Uh, one thing that stood out to note to me this week was, uh, I guess the Vikings broke the trend. The Buccaneers were the only uh, road team to win. It was 11 and one, I think going into the night. Um, that's a, that hasn't happened. And like all is all is home field advantage going to be a thing all of a sudden. Is it just the fact that people haven't had to travel, but that was a, that's a big thing that normally when we're picking games and we're looking at this kind of stuff, you're going to pay attention to. I haven't really paid attention. I mean, I'm all about better quarterback playing at home, mm-hmm. better head coach. Like those are the Trump cards for me. I haven't looked at that at all this year. So that's going to be something really interesting that that trend continues as we get into the, some of this weather and some of these things uh, to pay attention to. But it's been all over the map the last three weeks. We're talking about picking games and fantasy kind of the same way. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's been tough to quant for obvious reasons. It's been tough to quantify what home field advantage is this year with some places having no fans, some having limited fan bases, you know, everybody being able to hear everything on the field, uh, being able to hear uh, uh, the quarterbacks calling out plays, sometimes able to hear what the play is from the huddle. I mean, I know a few quarterbacks have talked about not calling out the play too loudly because there's nobody or there's no ambient noise around in a lot of these stadiums to, to hide that. Um, to, if you're, again, paying attention to what's going on with the real world numbers of, of coronavirus right now, there's a decent chance that more and more stadiums are going to not have fans or then or stadiums that have had fans that not have them for the back portion of the season and postseason. So 
Yeah, I mean, Philly, just, Philly just took him away. Yeah, it's, yeah it's Philadelphia be, just took him away, yeah. which is, again, the best thing that's happened to Eagles fans all season. But yes. it, it, it's just – it's tough to quantify it. But, yes, that is something that was a very interesting point from this week. The other trend that held was me going one for three in primetime picks. It just, it's, it's inevitable. Like I, I, so once the Colts won on Thursday, I, I doomed everybody. I doomed the Ravens. I doomed the Bears to this. So this is all my fault. So you can send uh, all the hate mail that you've been sending to Matt Skura this week, Ravens fans. You can send it to me. Uh, and same thing with you, Bears fans. Uh, my final thoughts are, this is going to be a very interesting week for some guys that I have ranked in weird spots compared to where I normally would have them. Obviously, we have a guy like Jameis Winston, who we're not expecting to play this year. But I look at guys like... Kalen Balaj, who I still don't like. I don't think he's very good, but you can't ignore the workload that the, that the Chargers are giving him with Justin Jackson and IR, and you can't ignore that he's playing the Jets. So he's going to be somebody that, if you're an RB needy team, is going to have some value. I think guys like you know Rex Burkhead even uh, in that matchup. Who I was going like to ask you about Rex Burkhead. I mean, that's the same thing that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just took advantage of, but he catches the ball so damn good in that offense. You like Damian Harris. I think you got to like him a little bit. Yeah, he's he's on my radar this week because they're kind of using him snap for snap a lot like they've been James White the last couple of weeks. It hasn't been the clear like James White's the pass catching back. It's been Rex Burkhead the last two weeks. He's been getting kind of equal share, had a big game last week. Houston can easily be taken advantage of, like you just said, with Chubb and Hunt from this past week. He's somebody that's on the radar. There are a ton of receivers on, on a weekly basis that are on the radar. One name that's going to surprise you, and this is if you play in ESPN leagues, I have Taysom Hill ranked as a top 10 tight end this week. Uh, he's number 10 on my tight ends list because here, here's my logic on this. And we can talk about this more later in the week as we get there. The tight end position is a disaster right now. As we mentioned earlier in the show, 13.1 fantasy points led the way for the position. I mean, that's not going to be this week because Travis Kelsey's coming back, but it's really, really rough out there. Like Darren Waller didn't have anything special game. Like nobody had a special game. He's going to get 10, 11, 12, maybe 15 touches in different elements of the game between passes, rushes, catches, like he's going to get involved in the game plan. And if you're hurting a tight end right now, and you're cycling out like the, you know, you're cycling out like a Mike Jacecki, or you're trying to start a Tyler Higby, or if you're, or Logan Thomas, I mean, if you Jared cook, like if you're trying to cycle these guys out where you don't have a true, like if you don't have a Hawkinson or a Waller or a Kelsey or, or somebody of that nature, I might take a shot on Taysom Hill. And just say, look, nobody else is going to get guaranteed this many touches that's it's tight and eligible this week. I'm going to take a shot on him and see if they use him more in the Wildcat. And he ends up getting you maybe 50 rushing yards and a touchdown or something to go on top of one or two catches. Maybe he'll throw a few passes. And he just like puts all of these like the smorgasbord of fantasy stuff together and you pop out 15 points by the end of the week. Like I could see that happening. So somebody to kind of have on your radar that's been just really kind of out there. I'm not starting him at quarterback for those wins like on sleeper and some and Yahoo that he's only quarterback eligible. Not, not relevant this week, but tight end I got in the ESPN league. I might take a flyer in that one. I've been, I rolled Tanya or Tunyon into uh Hooper this week. They both, they were both terrible. Uh, I like that one, Jamie. I might have to, I might have to steal that nugget. I take a shot. Like I, I think that it, I, I started it all day today when I was doing my rankings and I went, you know what? I'll, you know, it's interesting to me. Like it really is like the, he'll, he's going to get work. And that's more than you could say for about more than about five tight ends right now anyway. So, uh, so that those would be my final thoughts of there might be some unconventional plays, which is Jake has been telling you about for a couple years. Now we're starting to get to that time of year where production matters over name value. Production is everything. If you're fighting for a playoff spot in our TDN premium league, 
Jake and I are two of the five teams that are fighting for three play the final three playoff spots in our league going forward over the next three weeks. We don't have time for vanity. We don't have time for name value. We need production or else we're going to be sitting at home in three weeks and, or playing in the consolation bracket, which is worse. Like I just, I, that's embarrassing. You hate playing in the consolation bracket. Uh, but and same thing at home. Like you got to play guys that are going to be productive. You got to play guys that have been productive over the last few weeks. Draft value, name value means absolutely nothing right now. Uh, and so just kind of keep that in mind as you're setting your lineups going forward. Uh, most trade deadlines have passed, but some of them have them this coming week. Make start, start to make those move off of your roster. Can you package two players to get one player? Can you package from a position of strength to bolster a position of weakness? This is the time of year where you have to make these moves because most of us can't afford just to sit by. And if you're a team that's maybe undefeated or only has one loss and you're running away with it, are there players that you can grab? Can you go get an Austin Eckler? Can you go get a Miles Gaskin? Can you get somebody of this? Do you want to take a chance on maybe you're really rough at tight end and you want to take a chance? Maybe Zach Ertz comes back and has some value for you. Start to look at some of those guys as well. If you can afford to kind of stock up your bench and you have a big enough lead where you know you're not going to have to play these guys right away to take on a team that might be sitting on Austin Eckler, but they need to win these next few weeks and they have to get somebody that can help them right now. Maybe they had a David Johnson, for example. I mean, there's all of these things there. Start making roster moves because there's something that everybody out there can do to put themselves either in a better position to make the playoffs or make a bigger playoff run. Start looking at those matchups, et cetera. So uh, that is our parting thoughts. We will be back with you later this week. We'll have our live video show again this coming Friday. Please join us, ask questions. We answered I mean, dozens of start, sit, and trade questions on our show live. We'll give you uh, our, our quick reactions. Uh, it's a little bit more casual environment, and we'll upload the audio as well. So for those that can't join us live, can still listen to it. But it's a really fun time. We hope you join us. Uh, please uh, check out our sponsor, Manscaped. Remember, 20% off and free shipping using the code TDN at manscaped.com. And we will get back to you later this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.